We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. Hey, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Guys, I am so fired up. Sleep deprived and all. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you probably cut off your hot dog. You don't need it on a pot. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the DTF Podcast here on the Field of 60 Media Network with actual college basketball games for us to talk about name it my name is Rob Doster. I have John Fanta here I have Terrence Oglesby here and we have three days worth of games that we have to break down I'm going to ask you guys about Michigan State losing I'm going to ask you guys about Baylor winning I'm going to ask you guys about USC rolling but before we do Fanta you were on the call last night for the debut of none other than Richard well I can't even call him Richard it, with Rick Patino <laughs> at St. John's uh talk to me about the Patino experience at uh, at Carneseca Arena. Magical, to say the least, in Queens last night. A vibe unlike anything I've seen covering St. John's basketball. You walked into Carneseca, and you were immediately greeted with a letter from Rick Patino that says, New York, it feels good to be home. Like many of you, my story began here. The Red Storm embodies the pride of New York, We play for New York. This is personal for me. And it is personal for Rick Pitino. He is a New Yorker. He wants to win. He said to us pregame when we sat down with him that he is more passionate about basketball now than he's ever been. At 71 years young, the man is not slowing down. He's not slowing down. He's enjoying it. He was high-fiving New Yorkers last night after the game ended. People waited for him to finish his media responsibilities so that they could interact with him. The the things that come to mind for me, guys, you know, I'll I'll tell you the story that will only be heard on this podcast. Guarantee that. So, Sarah Kustak and I were calling the game for Fox Sports. John Minko, WFAN legend, and Brandon Tierney of WFAN, they call St. John's basketball for Learfield on the radio. The four sure. of us, the four of us get a designated time with Coach Patino to talk with him before the game. We walk up to Coach's office outside his office. Our dishes, shaving dishes of sausage and peppers, chicken franchise, penne vodka, rigatoni and garlic and oil. I felt like I was in an Italian restaurant. <laughs> there was a group of about 20 to 25 people from Lexington, Kentucky. Who took, really? 
who took a private jet from Lexington to New York because they were not missing his debut at St. John's. That's how much you could talk about everything in this guy's life and career. And it's a winding road. But the loyalty factor is real with Rick. And those folks came from Lexington. I don't know what they all do, but I know one thing. They've got cash. And today in college basketball, that's what matters. Yep. How about that? Rick is back. They look pretty good. They looked athletic. They were moving the ball quick. They won by a lot. It was so refreshing to see St. John's and Georgetown beat mediocre teams by 100. And not literally 100, but we're back. And still. I'll give our CAA brethren, since we're friends with the CAA here at the Field 68, I will give Stony Brook a shout. They, yeah. they, only lost, they only lost the game by 16. Yeah. Uh, they actually played pretty well. Yeah. So. They, hey, sorry, sorry, CAA. I meant that. But, but let's be honest. We, we're we not naive. They're not naive to that either. Mm-hmm. But it was good for it was good for St. John's to get a win, to generate some momentum, some excitement. Same for Georgetown, who Supreme Cook looks like he very much belongs in that <laughs> uniform. Um, I love is, I love that, that we got a dude named Supreme Cook out here dropping 19 and 13 of Big East openers, man. That is that is so good. Like there's there. I don't know if there's ever been a better name for a basketball player than Supreme Cook. Oh, there's, there's there. some good ones. It's almost as good as Tennessee Rainwater. <laughs> that's it's almost movie. as good it's not as good but it's almost as good no it's good to have that excitement john i'm i'm happy for you that you got to be there it seemed like there was a lot of energy in that building yeah you know it's uh it, it's it's awesome to see st john's being relevant like this again that's a passionate fan base that is a big fan base and that is a city that deserves a basketball team the same thing can be said about dc the only thing I can sit here and hope is that eventually the same thing will happen to DePaul. If you have the three, you get to the point where four of the biggest cities um, in 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 the Northeast, in the East Coast, and uh, uh, in the in the Big East footprint, if you will, um, having basketball teams that are uh, that are nationally relevant is something that I think would be good. DePaul, of course, lost eighty two to seventy four to Purdue Fort Wayne. Um, I really hope that Blue Demon Degen. Uh, didn't have too bad of a night last night. Um, yeah, <laughs> he might still be drinking. Yeah, Blue, oh, Blue Demon all six of their Twitter fans. <laughs> I'm going to send you this. All the Paul fans, I'm sending you one of these. All right, so I want to ask you guys uh, about this, about the biggest storyline from the first two days, um, and we're actually going to play a game later called a uh, reaction or overreaction. And they're going to rank one through ten. Uh, to and Fanta on on four overreactions I have after watching the first uh, couple of games of the season. But I, I want to know what the biggest storyline for you guys is. Is it Michigan State losing to James Madison? Is it uh, how good Baylor looked coming back against Auburn? Jacoby Walter, hello, twenty eight points. That was a loud performance. Was it USC and how good they looked against Kansas State, or was it the Nevada game? that had to get delayed in the second half because there was an <laughs> infestation of bats in the arena. I, I Tio, you've played a lot of basketball in a lot of random places. Have you ever been on a court when there's been an infestation of, uh, of bats? In no, the arena? I have not infestation of rats, but they never made it to the court. <laughs> I've, I, I, I've, I've done that. Yeah, I've all right. You got it. You got to You got to tell that story, man. Come on. You, you can't just say that and not tell the story. No rats. And, um, in the Republic of Georgia, they were outside of both our house 
And, and when I say house, I mean like the apartment complex we lived in, which was old Soviet block housing, which was <laughs> fine. But it was, uh, <laughs> we had rats in the wall. I, whenever I would leave, there would be rats. And they had these giant gopher rats, as my uncle Jimmy liked to call them, gopher rats. And I tried to like stomp up to them or whatever. And they squared up on whenever you? I stopped, they squared up on me. And, and the <laughs> fact that I tried to scare them and they didn't scare them, it scared me. And then I had to hightail it back. And then I got back and there was some lady who had ripped a chair leg off a chair and was beating him in the head and was killing him. So, and then whenever that happened, the next couple of days, the, uh, the rats would just be out there just rotting. And there were kids that were picking up the rats and playing with them like airplanes. <laughs> so, like I would turn around, I'd, I'd be like, that's a rat. That's gross. That's a rat. This needs to be figured out. Where are your parents? And yeah, so that, that happened. And then there were rats outside of where the gym was at too. So yeah, rats, not bats. I would rather actually have rats because at least you could see them and they couldn't fly at you. Truth be told. <laughs> if I had to pick. The video of uh, of Noodles Neal, former New Mexico head coach, trying to catch them with the towel. Have you guys seen that? Somebody no. in the stands took a cell phone video of him trying to like to like run up on them as it was coming by and catch them in a towel. It, and it's he he was like he uh, he batted about zero for twelve on it. It was it's <laughs> it was really <laughs> fucking funny. Man. People people struggling at stuff where it's not dangerous is hilarious. Yeah, at least he didn't do a yeah. Manu Ginobili and just completely take him out. Yeah. And they need a tetanus <laughs> shot afterwards, I think, didn't they? Or a rabies shot. Yeah. Rabies. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was an a rabies, not a tetanus shot. It's an all time gif of, of Manu Ginobili getting rid of yes. a bat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Biggest storyline. Let, let's start what with a I'm masculine with- way. What a masculine way to get rid of a bat. Let me just, <laughs> let me just bare hand this flying mouse. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Biggest storyline? The DTF yeah, podcast story. is yeah. the only place that you can go from talking about uh, millionaires from Lexington flying in to see Rick Patino to talking about uh, kids playing with dead gopher rats. <laughs> and bury to, to the masculinity of an Argentinian. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what, a world. What, a, what a world. What a world we live in. Um, all right. Michigan State. I th- that's got to be Michigan State, number four Michigan State, losing to James Madison in overtime on opening night, right? Like that's got to be the biggest storyline from the first couple days, fans. What do you make of uh, what do you make of Sparty pooping themselves? Pooping, pooping. Look, it's, it's first off, it's a game that uh, against a team that's going to contend for their league title. Yeah, it was not it was a nightmare matchup to begin with, and Tom Izzo was very concerned about it coming in. But but needless to say. One for 20 from three? Yeah. One for 20 from three? You know Are you wild? kidding me? You know what's wild about that? Michigan State last season ranked third nationally in three-point shooting percentage. They shot 39% from three last season. I mean, it, it's just unacceptable to me that A.J. Hogard, Jaden Akins, and Malik Hall, they're all too old. And you know what, A.J. Hogard? I got to say Okay, I'm going to be straight up with you here. At Big Ten Media Day, you called us all out. Okay? You called out the media, and you said that we are critical of you. You didn't name names, and I'm not saying I'm critical. I I haven't been critical of AJ, but he was very personal. 
Okay. He said, the media doesn't like us. They didn't like us last year. I know what they say about me. All right. Now, I'm not going to single you out here, AJ, but you, Malik Call and tight end, not Tyson, Jaden Nakins, shot a combined six for 33 from the floor in a game. In a game where Tyson Walker had 35 points. In a game where Cohen Carr actually ended up being the second best player for Michigan State, he came off the bench and had 14 points and six rebounds. If I had told you those two things existed before the game tipped off, you would have said Michigan State won the game by 25. How much did they win the game by? The supporting cast around Walker was so bad. That's how they lost this game. By three, nonetheless. By three points. It is a really disastrous way to start a season that we thought coming in, Tom Izzo has at 68. Tom Izzo, this could be this could present his best shot to win a national championship in the remainder of his career. And this is an egg on your face type of thing. And, and it's tough because guys, he was, if you noticed on the bench, a couple of times trying to get through to players. And he was getting talked back to. And you just have to wonder. You have to wonder if there's going to come a morning where Tom Mizzo wakes up and says, this isn't what I got into it for. I can't do this anymore. I'm following the steps of Krzyzewski and Ryan. I, I, don't, I don't think it's that. You know, the the thing that the beauty of, of Tom Mizzo's program is like he wants that fight back. Right. Like he wants players that when he gets in their face, they're going to go right back at him. Like he wants that level of intensity. There's a reason why that man loves a guy like a Draymond Green so much. Right. Like he, that's the kind of player, that's the kind of culture that he wants in this program. So I don't think that he really cares all that much about guys going back at him. I think he does care quite a bit about the fact that James Madison got 14 offensive rebounds. I think he probably cares quite a bit about the fact that Xavier Booker, this guy that <clears throat> Carter Elliott hyped up so much this offseason only managed to play five minutes in the game where uh, where James Madison won the rebounding battle against Michigan State, right? And That is uh, a little nuts to me that he only played five minutes. Yeah, it's it is one. nuts. Yeah. But, but, but you know what's crazy about it? By the end of the game, you know what Michigan State was doing? They were playing Cohen Carr at the five. They went full small ball. They had Malik Hall out there as the biggest guy on the floor with their three guards. And I, I don't know if that's something that's going to continue, but I think that's something that is – uh, not exactly what you would expect out of a Michigan State team. And I will tell you this. There was a narrative, T.O., this entire offseason, right, that Marquette shouldn't be ranked in the top five, that Marquette is uh, is overrated because they lost to Michigan State in the second round of the NCAA tournament when Tyler Kolick was injured. Um, do you think that the people well, – they, were- they look good when I did it. Yeah, do you, think the people that were- do you think the people that were pushing that narrative are going to walk it back at any point? In the, in who, the who, who are those people? They are they our friends? They yes. Are they our friends? <laughs> they're, they're, they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. And uh, yeah, yeah. Mark. No, in, in all se- in, in all seriousness, how concerned should we be about Michigan State? Is this just like what I am? Before? I am not overly concerned. The, the 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 concern that that I have with that is how important was Joey Hauser really? Because, like, obviously, incredibly important. You, yeah, you got to have somebody to shoot the ball. Now, I they're not going to shoot one of twenty again. Oh yeah. no! And let, let's let's call it what it is. James Madison has been good. This mm-hmm. is a this is a program here lately that you know, guys. 
they, they're not the loudest team, but Byington's done a terrific job. Transfer, you know, he's just – they defend. They're long enough. They shot the ball great. And I'm just not all that surprised. That's kind of where I'm coming from on this one. And they're going to compete at the top of the Sun Belt. Yeah, they like, were picked to win the Sun Belt. Picked yeah, to win they've, it. Got, yeah. they've got a lot. I mean, they're going to they're going to compete right there at the top, and they've got some really good players on that team. That's where it's kind of like, you know, so many teams. We we got to stop with the football mindset of you can't lose to these teams because, like, Justin Amati is a really good player. Mm-hmm. You know, Takal Molson's a really good player. Terrence Edwards is a really good player. Like, you can't. Or excuse me, I'm looking at I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at last. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. Like like Terrence Edwards is good, but it's a good player. Baker Staff, who who transferred down from Boston College, I believe. Like another really good player. You can't have this football mindset of hey, you're playing somebody from the Sun Belt, you better beat them by 100. That's not going to be the case. There's a lot more talent now. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I, th- it's totally true. These teams can lose yeah. games and. And and it happens like and and the gap is it's thin, uh, it's thin. I, I just I think my level of disappointment, Terrence, comes from it'd be one thing if Michigan State had a bunch of new faces. That's yeah. where I'm, that's where I'm going to be harder on them, you know. Whereas you're in week one, and you could ha- like Indiana survived past FGCU. Here's the point: they won the game. Did Indiana yeah. look good in the game? No, they did not. I have question marks about their perimeter shooting as well. But they yeah. found a way to win the game. They have a whole lot of new. Everything they're doing is new. And they've obviously had some off-the-court issues the last couple of weeks. But yeah. for me, guys, for me, uh, to stem from a fast food restaurant, but for me, I, I'm i being harder on Michigan State because I have expectations for them to win a national championship and the same problems exist. Xavier Booker's playing five minutes. Clearly, Tom Izzo doesn't trust him. And the guys that he is that he is playing are really aren't that they're not that good. This, right. this team still has an issue at the five. Mm-hmm. And Hauser's law that that could doom them again when they get to March. They they yeah. don't have consistency at the five slot again. Yeah. And I yeah. also the one one point I do want to make, and, and it's gonna sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I say this, but um I think that it's important to keep all of that in context and say, like, look, James Madison is probably going to be a top 50 to 75 team in America. They're probably going to be a team where if they get the automatic bid out of the Sun Belt, uh, they will be like a 12 to 13 seed, right? Um, They are going to be a team that with this win, if they can do enough and the rest of their schedule, like they'll have a chance to be in the at-large conversation, right? And I think that we should acknowledge all of that when talking about this, because we want to be able to have more games like this. We don't want Michigan State to say, oh, you know what? We're not going to schedule James Madison next time. We're going to go schedule a team that doesn't have a uh, a one a football program that's going to bring in some money that doesn't have a chance to beat us. We want games like this on opening night. Um, yeah. And two, I'm going to flip it to the other side. We can relentlessly troll Michigan State fans if we want. Like, let them have it. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, make fun of them. Yeah. It's about your top five team in America. You just lost a home on open tonight. You got to let those motherfuckers yeah. have it a little bit, right? You got to, you got to, you got to let them know. So, um, got to. And by the way, I met Raquan Horton. I didn't mean Justin Mati. Those are both South Carolina kids, and I screwed that up. So, sorry about that. <laughs> I can't, I can't, you messed up the South yeah. Carolina kids, man. That is yes. unacceptable, T.O. That unacceptable. They're both that's South more, that, hey, too much time in Milwaukee. 
He went to <laughs> Yeah. You spent too much time in Wisconsin, didn't you? Did you have cheese curds? I did not have cheese curds. I went to Elsa's and had a pretty good burger. It was fine. It was a burger. And then hey, um, all the, all the restaurants on noodles. Dude, what is up with Midwesterners <laughs> with chili on noodles? I, I, I don't for the life of me understand it. Like you guys love just basic chili on noodles. And I'm for the life. Of, like I understand like you need something heavy. But that's like the weirdest thing. What was it like? What's a what's a place called in um, at Marquette? Chili? What real, real chili. chili? Like, real and then chili. I looked at the menu. It's just chili on noodles. What is up with people Ohio, middle and north that like just love chili on noodles? I can't take figure that one out for the life of me. Take a look at the subject matter. We like things heavy. Yeah, well, that is that is heavy. That is very heavy, and it is cold. So I get it. But I was like, guys, if you're gonna recommend chili on noodles, like let's. You know, anyway, so All right. it, no, it was fine. It was good. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD. 1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, Parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's let's move on to the next game that we got to talk about. That is uh, Baylor, who kind of got their ass kicked a little bit by Auburn for about like the... F- from about the 12 minute mark of the first half to maybe about like the four minute mark of the second half, it looked like Auburn was just big boying them, right? Mm-hmm. But Jacoby Walter made some plays. Eve Missy made some plays down the stretch. And uh, and Baylor ended up getting a win 88 to 82 over Auburn. Um, I'll go to you first on this one, T.O. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway? Is it Jacoby Walter? Is it uh, is it Baylor is going to be better than we thought? Is it uh, Auburn is back to being the Auburn that we know and love? Like, what, what was your what, what's the overarching takeaway storyline from that game? I think Auburn's who we know and love won, but I, I think the story here is Jacoby Walter. I mean, the, you kind of need you kind of need that extra guy. And I, guys, every time I've watched Jacoby, I look at him and I'm like, man, that it's it's kind of a it's kind of a weird shot, and that it's mm-hmm. stiff and a little, but he makes them. And not only does he make him, he was making him off the move. I think he was scoring uh, both in transition, creating turnovers. He's got incredibly long arms. He's still he hit two off out. the bounce. To he hit two off the bounce. There was yep. one like it was like a uh, a pullback three from like twenty five feet with a dude yep. in his face. And I was like, what the what? Yeah, it's a it's from? it's a thing like it. It's because he's so awkward that it actually helps him create space because guys don't really know what to expect. But he's still figuring out how to use his athleticism in the half court, and he's. Still went for 28 and six. Uh, they needed to go to score. They found one. Now he's not going to go for 28 every night, but the fact that you went up against that kind of pressure and were able to get that point, those, those numbers, impressive, impressive. They always figure out a way to get it. They had Keyshawn George last year who went nuts. And then, you know, years before that, they, they always find a guard that just can go off for these huge numbers. Yeah. But you know what they do this year, Fanta, is they guard. And I know they gave up 88 two points, but it's Auburn. Like they, they got length, toughness, athleticism. Like it's not just a bunch of six-one guys in that backcourt, right? And, and down the stretch in the game, it was another freshman, Yves Missy, who had the dunk of the season thus far off a transition play. For him to That's be nice. seven, for him to be seven feet tall, two thirty-five, and have his mobility, I want what he's having. That kid fits what Baylor is about. I mean, it's not chili on noodles. It's not chili on noodles. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But I I love that kid. I mean, I I just think that he he fits their identity. And look, on a night where Jonathan Shamwalk Chachua plays seven minutes in the game, they need somebody late to provide length and provide that playmaking. And Walter was fantastic, even better than than I, I think people thought he would be, especially in a debut to go for 28. But but actually, Rob, I'll be contrarian. 
I agree with what you said. I, Auburn can be back to what Auburn is supposed to be under Bruce Pearl. Aiden Holloway had six assists in this game. As much as he scored the ball, and he didn't shoot the ball particularly great. I mean, he hit. He went four of eight from three. It took him fifteen shots to get to nineteen points, but he can stretch the floor. He can. He, that shot is good. He scored at a very high level. He came off the bench for the Tigers. I love the fact that Auburn, in this game, they hung in on the glass. Janai Broom's going to keep them hanging in on the glass. The glass was even in this game. But, you know, Baylor, they needed Walter to make individual plays, and it worked. It worked. Will he do that every game? We'll see. I mean, it's a long season. They had Baylor had 10 assists on the night. So they won with the guy saying, I am an NBA lottery pick, and here's why. Auburn, you know, they scored 82. When they were playing well for a large portion of this game, they were moving the basketball really well. Possessions had flow. 18 assists on 28 made field goals. And guys, in the past, you said, ooh, Auburn shot selection. Not particularly great at times. Well, 9 of 19 from 3. I thought Auburn looked in sync. I like the way that they played. I think they've got upside to be a top 4 team in the SEC, if not top 3. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really important um, that Aiden Holloway looks like he's going to be able to step in and be closer to uh, – oh, shit, I'm blanking on his name. Who was the guy, the point guard, when they made it to the Final Four? Remind me. T.O. Jared Harper. Jared Harper. Yeah, yeah, Jared Harper. He's going to be closer to Jared Harper than uh, – let's just, uh, without calling out names um, – than people that have been in that role the last couple of seasons. <laughs> right? um, no, I, and I'm serious because, like, Bruce loves having dudes – that are little guards with infinite range that can yep. take these step backs and kind of play with a level of swagger and a level of confidence. Um, like he doesn't, he doesn't give his guys red lights when it comes to shooting, right? Like he wants you to play with confidence and shoot with confidence, but you need yep. guys that, that can make shots in those roles. And this year he's got a guy in Aiden Holloway who like, look, small sample size, one game, but 19 and six, he had four for eight from three, a couple of them were deep step backs. Like he's just, that dude is built to play, for Bruce Pearl. I, I totally agree with you, Fanta. I think that this is a team where they're going to be tough and physical defensively, and they got their weapons offensively. And I also agree with you, T.O. I think that Baylor finding Jacoby Walter was big. I think Ray J. Dennis, we got to get I think he's – that was going to be my next one. Ray J. Dennis had seven turnovers, but I, from what I saw, like his ability to get to spots was awesome, and that translated pretty much immediately. He really, I, really I did, yeah, struggled. Really good. He really struggled with the physicality on both ends, yeah. offensively and defensively, for about 30 minutes. And then he made three plays in like the last four minutes. Like it was a three, a pull-up jumper, and he got a he, he got a steal. Um, he made like three plays in the last four minutes that basically won yeah. Baylor the game. After yeah, this is that he's a minutes, yeah, yeah. Great, great addition with him. I, I really like Ray J. Who committed on the field 68. There you go. Yeah, he did. Um so yeah. I it's I think that both of those teams are second weekend teams after watching them. Like both of them can could get up and make a run. Like that just they looked really, really good. And I know a lot of teams look really good because most top twenty five teams won their first game by like thirty. <laughs> but uh I, I just yeah. I'm I'm buying both of those teams upside. Uh the other team I'm really buying, like USC, man. Look, if you can give me two guards as good as Isaiah Collier and and Boogie Ellis. With wings like DJ Rodman and Kobe Johnson that know their roles, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. I was, I was downplaying a lot of these freshmen coming in, mostly because the adjustment level of them to to college it, it never feels like it's easy. 
Isaiah yeah. Collins, as good as Jacoby Walter was, as good as Aiden Holloway was, and we'll talk about it, as good as some of uh, Kentucky's freshmen looked like, I thought Isaiah Walt, uh, Isaiah Collier was the best of the bunch. He completely controlled that game, Fanta. Well, and he did it only playing 25 minutes in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that to me is the standout with Collier. And, and how many times do you see the top-ranked freshman first game jitters – some bad shot selection. He had none of that. He went seven of nine from the floor in this game. Mm -hmm. He moved the ball. He playmakes for his teammates. He fits like a glove for USC. And I'll tell you what, when you come onto a team with Boogie Ellis, right, and you've got the Bronny James storyline hovering, okay, and when we hope Bronny is going to play this season, it would be great for college basketball, it seems like all signs are pointing to him getting on the floor because LeBron James said he's yeah. going to be evaluated by a doctor in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it's, I think he said at the end of November he's going to be evaluated. And, like, it, it sounds like once he gets evaluated, then you can kind of work him back into practice. And once you work him back into practice for a couple of weeks, then you can get, get him into games. It seems like that's kind of where it's trending, but we'll see if that's what happens. Sorry, go ahead, Phantom. I, I just really impressed with the kid. and And, you know, we talk about – it with with this time of year, particularly early, and, and I'm using something from Rick Pitino. Okay, he said last night to us, and I, I love this because I think every coach is dealing with this. He goes, "This is really hard for me. It's hard for every coach this time of year because nothing is habitual. There's no habits, right?" He said, "I have to direct my team. I have to go football playbook a little bit of." Do this, do that. He goes, my guys will do what I ask them to do. But I want in two months, I don't want to have to ask them to do it. T.O., I'm sure you can relate with that. Habits versus this time of year. You have to be directed a little bit more. This is why Marquette's so good. Everything's habits for them, right? Yes. But guess what? It looked like Isaiah Collier's been playing on USC for three years. I, I thought he... I thought he, not only individually, he's extremely talented. And we know he's going to go high in the draft, if not number one. But what stood out to me was how he was great while letting the game come to him. Yeah, he was yeah. uh he was he was really, really impressive with some of his decision making. Was a little bit sloppy, had a couple too many turnovers. Um, he had a lot of turnovers, had a lot of turnovers. The the thing, the thing too, is, uh, he physically, he was ready from day one. Yes. I mean, that dude could be playing defensive end if he, if he really wanted to, he's got these huge shoulders. He's strong. The quickness is still there. There wasn't, I was expecting a little bit more of an adjustment from Jacoby Walter, just because he's this long, lean kind of athlete. Uh, he caught fire and he was able to draw fouls. Uh, Isaiah Collier, Shot three free throws, sure, but people just bounce off of him. And whenever there's a defined role pretty much instantaneously, like there is for him at Southern Cal, it makes it easier for him to operate in the confines of which he's given. He realizes that Boogie Ellis is the guy for that. And because he's such a good scorer, Boogie, like it kind of works itself out to where he's like, well, I can just rely on him to do this. I can pick my spots to be efficient. And uh, that's kind of what happened. I I think Johnson, too. Um, Jalen's little brother, hey, right? Kobe, like, yeah, such he, a great off the ball cutter, just such mm-hmm. a great off the ball cutter, and he finds ways to score. And when you play with two electric guards that are excellent with the ball, 
makes guys like him their jobs so much easier. Yep. You got a big finisher around the basket in Joshua Morgan. Hopefully Vince Uwachuku is going to get back. You got another one there. Like that USC team to me is built for March. Like you need two guards that can create and then guys that know the roles around them. And you got that. And T.O. And and what what would TV executives do if Bronny James is just part of a team that's in the Sweet 16? Lose their minds. It'd be great for the views. I'll tell you that. I'm not going to complain about it. I would absolutely not complain about it. LeBron is out during March Madness to rest. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, how cool to be if LeBron was just sitting on press row with us watching the game. He's like, yeah, oh, you know what? I'm covering the game today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that would be. You know what? Hey, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just pictured the three of us and Goodman. And Goodman talking to us about how he's going to approach going up to LeBron. <laughs> it would be good, wouldn't it? If, if LeBron sat in the media section, it would be his chair alone, and then he'd have three tables, one in front, his, and then the one behind. <laughs> Nobody would be, else would be anywhere close. Uh, yeah. You know Patrick Ewing, Oglesby, so you might be able to get in with him. Yeah, that's true. T.O. You know, sitting next to LeBron at a game would be incredible. You know what? Share stories. You know what one of my favorite things is, favorite things is is that if, when you watch these games now and you see Bronny's family, I think Savannah and Bryce were there uh, on Monday night. The security guards that they have with them are the same security guards that used to, used to uh, kick us out of the coaches section on the first day of Peach Jam. It's the same guys. Oh, they hired the same guys. Yeah, the same guys, and it's uh, it's it, it got to be it got to be like the, this is like kind of behind the scenes on uh. Uh, for for Peach Jam, but it's like these like six five, two hundred and eighty oh. pounds Samoan dudes that like got to Huge know who those were, and they just walked by. <laughs> and it got to the point where it's just kind of like, do we have to do this again? It's like, yeah, it's day one. Like we gotta we gotta assert our authority or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but it's those same guys, man. It's really it's I I, I just gotta wear them down. You gotta wear them down. Yeah, I saw them on the screen last night, and I I was I was uh, I was cracking up. College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with Three Man Weave, Heat Check CBB, and Verbal Commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get into our game of reaction or overreaction. I'm going to give you guys, I got four of them written down, all right? Um, <laughs> got about about 18 minutes left here before T.O.'s got to jump. So we'll be quick on these. But uh, I want you guys to rank them. One, it's just a proper reaction. Like, I'm spot on. What I'm saying is 100% savvy. Um, 100% ball nowhere over here. Uh, and if it's a 10, that means yeah. like, Rob, you got to find a new job, man. We can't be on this pod anymore. DTF. 10. Ten. The, the <laughs> 10. podcast. I um, love it. All right. We're going to start with this. Uh, after watching Radford's guards, who are admittedly really, really good. Um, Brian Antoine, if you guys are wondering whatever happened to Brian Antoine. They are good. Villanova. Darren's done a good job getting those guys. Yeah. Um, I think that North Carolina's perimeter defensive issues have me completely reevaluating whether or not I think that that is a team that can compete uh, for a top three spot in the ACC this season. Uh, I'm very, very concerned about what they are on the defensive end. T.O., is that a reaction or an overreaction? I think that's an overreaction. I think it's an overreaction. Radford's a good team. Give me a number. Give me a number. One to ten. Uh, ten. You don't know what you're talking about being ten? Yeah. Seven. A seven? Because okay. uh, there's some credence there because we've seen past issues. That's the big thing. Uh, so th- th- there's something to be said there. But they also held Radford, what, 23% from three? Yeah. So it's yeah. not like it's not like they didn't do the things that they wanted to do. And North Carolina is going to give up a lot of points because of the style they're trying to play. So I'm not overly concerned. I was shocked when I saw Wojcik in the, in the starting lineup as opposed to Elliot Cadeau. I'm not quite sure about that one, but uh, you look at what he can bring to you off the bench and I, you know, kind of to keep the offense moving in a certain direction, you get a spark after those first four minutes. So I'm not all that bad at it. I think that's an overreaction. Panther. I think it's a, it's a medium reaction. It's in between Give me a number a five, five. There's some credences. Terrence Oglesby said, Look, they're going to give up points. You're exactly right, Terrence. It's how they play. Uh, I mean, they worked in. They worked in the freshmen in this game, but and and uh, Jalen Withers played 15 minutes. Cadeau not starting. You're right. Was curious. We saw Jalen Washington, the sophomore, go three for three from the field, have a decent performance. But but guys, I got to tell you. The reason why it's a five for me uh, is because I, I'm, I'm with you. There's past results that would reflect that I'm concerned about them defensively. But you want to know what my deeper concern is? It's the concern that we had last year. I worry about Hubert not playing guys enough and then kind of having limited options and answers for his team. So – just because you've got a lot of certainties, right? Part of that, when you have youth on your team, sometimes you play have, them. So you got to play them. And that, it doesn't matter how, 
If you don't play him, I don't give a damn how many stars are next to their name. But you got to be willing to play him a little bit. And that's where I get concerned because I don't know if North Carolina is all that deep. That's insane. The problem, you're, you're not wrong. That, I, I understand where that's a concern. But the fact that we're even questioning that tells me that he's not playing him enough anyway. In, in the opening, like Wojcik playing 21 minutes and Cadeau playing 19, 19. In those 19 minutes, he had six assists. You trying to tell me he doesn't make his team better? Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at the yeah. roster uh, against against the Radford team, who's good, but they're in a the big south. They are good. Don't get me wrong. You, your starters go 27 minutes, 29 minutes, 28 minutes. Wojcik's not really a starter. 20, 21 minutes, and Cormac Ryan go 31 minutes. And, like, you now have nine guys. In my opinion, they have nine guys that could play double-digit minutes. He played nine guys double-digit minutes. But, it, like yeah. – Cadeau should be in that 25-minute-a-game range and more, in my opinion. And, you know, Jalen Washington's – like, he's a good he's a good enough player to be out there on the floor. I'm just – we'll see what happens with North Carolina. I, I still think they're going to be very good. I'm curious to see if he kind of loses faith in a couple of guys and only plays six or seven guys. That's the big I, concern. That, I think that will probably be what eventually ends up happening. But shout-out to Armando Baycott, 25 and 13, five offensive rebounds. Looks slim. So good. Looks slender. Looks like he lost a little bit of weight. He uh, he was moving pretty well. So, all right. Overreaction number two. Uh, Kentucky's freshmen, the four guards, Justin Edwards, DJ Wagner, Robert Dillingham, and Reed Shepard combined for 54 points on 21-41 shooting. They hit six threes. They had 10 assists. They had nine steals. Granted, it was against New Mexico State, but uh, Fanta, I really liked what I saw from them. That's a good reaction, and I'm going to give you a two. All right? I'm going to give you a two. They looked the part. Went back and watched some of that game, and they were in sync. It was New Mexico State. But we talked about Cal going back to his roots and also making some staff adjustments, reworking things. The fact is, though, this team can play vintage John Calipari basketball. They could play quick. They could play drive and kick. They they they're a team that I, I'm I'm wondering still about their three point shooting consistency. They launched 29 threes in this game. They made nine of them. Good. Get them up. Get them up. But That's you gotta get them up. Do. They have to be able to they have to be able to knock down perimeter shots. What I liked about this game for for me is I'll tell you, I think Justin Edwards. His overall feel and instincts are off the charts. Uh, He's got that it factor. And he's only, as he continues to process college basketball, you can just sense that he's blooming, blooming with tons of talent. And DJ Wagner looked good. I thought he played well in this game. And and, and there's been questions about how he fits. I think he fits. I think Cal's been questioned before, right? He was questioned in his Memphis days. He's been questioned before with, with Eric Bledsoe and, and whether or not he could play John Wall with others. The fact is, this team has the personnel to play the style that Cal wants to play. It's a matter of the, the, the keys are in the freshman's hands. See, see, They're- that's where the, the only thing I'd push back on is I think the style that Cal wants to play in, in 2023, and I think it's been the case for basically the last seven years, is he wants like a big guy on the floor, potentially two big guys on the floor, um, 
get to the offensive glass, throw the ball into the post. The thing that I really like about this team, T.O., look at what Trey Mitchell did. Nine points, nine boards, five assists, space the floor. Like, I don't know how much you were able to see of that game since you were you had a, a game of your own that night, but like they were they were running offense through Trey Mitchell, like a lot of DHOs, a lot of dribble handoffs. Everything was spaced out. There was nobody in the paint. Like for the first 30 minutes of that game offensively, it was five guys around the perimeter. I can't remember the last time that happened with a Kentucky team. No, that's what I, I, like I agree it. with that. Yeah, the thing that also, along with those things, that you kind of knew that that's what they were going to do. They did that during their global games. They were playing five out. Trey Mitchell was knocking down shots and at least taking them, right? He took three, didn't hit any. I mm-hmm. think that'll change because he had a couple of uh, games during the global games that were like, well, he can step out and shoot it and you at least got to get out there and guard him. What What was more impressive to me is the fact that on a team that's relying on a lot of freshman ball handlers, you only have six turnovers. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, that's a huge ordeal. Now they do have that outlet in Trey Mitchell that they get it to, but at, at the same time, like DJ Wagner, ball dominant guy, ends up with 13, four assists, three steals, one turnover. Really, the only guy that was really a problem was Justin Edwards, who ends up with three. And then Dillingham, he ends up coming in, playing 19 minutes, getting 11 rocks up, scoring 17, and doesn't have a turnover, has five board. Like there's just, if they're efficient with the ball, they've got talented guys who can make shots. It's just, are they going to shoot them off the catch? Maybe not, but they got guys who can score. I'm not necessarily all that worried. 31% from three is a little low, but they took 29 of them. I I consider everything they did against New Mexico State, who's rebuilding for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But the the fact that they were able to uh, get that many shots up, not turn the ball over, is the reason you saw what you saw. Yeah, I think the, the, the turnover report is really important. Um, they got a new head coach, Jason Hooten. Yeah. And he was at Sam Houston State. Uh, the last seven years, they were top 75 in uh, defensive turnover percentage. And the last three, I'm sorry, the last five, they were top 50. Um, so he that's the style that he wants to play is, is pressuring, forcing turnovers and, and all that. And yeah. uh, it didn't bother um, Kentucky at all. So that was really impressive to me. All right. Next overreaction is that. Indiana is not going to work with McKenzie Mbako at the three. When Indiana made their run last night, when they won that game, they were down by six, uh, 48 to 42, with I want to say 13 minutes left, playing a lot of McKenzie Mbako at the three with Malik Renault and Khalil Ware on the floor. When Gabe Cups came in, they moved Xavier Johnson to the two. They moved Trey Galloway to the three, and they let Khalil Ware be the five to space things out with Malik Renew. It's kind of as like their low post guy. 14-0 run in like four minutes. Completely turned that game around on his shoulders. You got to go with three guards. You got to go with three perimeter players if you're Indiana. Malik, uh, Mackenzie Mbako, not it at the three. Can't do it. Mackenzie Mbako, though, I, so I agree with you. A uh, reaction of one. You're right. You're very smart. You should get promoted. Uh, and Baco, you know why he wasn't? Where's he going to get promoted to? <laughs> I don't Jeff know. Jeff Goodman's boss? <laughs> I, I already am Jeff Goodman. He already boss. Goodman's boss? Yeah, don't let it fool you. I'm the one that signs the paychecks. <laughs> I, I guess Dagan Hughes' boss would be the next line of promotion since Dagan. I think I got you. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, okay? I could be the CEO of ESPN. And hire Dagan Hughes, and Dagan Hughes would still think that he is my boss. Let's just be honest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, So you want to know why Mackenzie Ngbako got in legal trouble at Taco Bell and got no penalty for all that? (laughs) 
because he had to play. They, you want to talk about Mike Woodson. I mean, this team, I don't think they're a top five, six team. I think they'll finish seventh or eighth in the Big Ten. I'm out on them. I'm sorry. This is not this to me is not a very good Indiana team. Uh, you know, we'll we'll learn more when UConn faces them a week from Sunday. Uh yeah, I don't think that's gonna go very well for the Hoosiers, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but I'm concerned. I mean, not you know, credits to Gabe Cups. He came in and played a big role. Uh they needed him. God, they needed him late. Uh, and he did. He only had five points, but the 19 minutes he played, he stepped up and did some good things. Gosh, Indiana fans are going to love him for They're all four him. years. Love They're going to love him. They'll love him, but they can't shoot Terrence. This team is not, and that's that's why it doesn't work with Mbako at the three. They don't. They can't shoot the basketball from the perimeter. Xavier, yep, yeah, you agree. Xavier Johnson, as much as he's an initiator, you got to have people to initiate too. And you went from Jalen Hood Shafino, who's a surefire pro, to who's back, who's on the perimeter that strikes fear into an opponent. They don't they don't really have that. And I, like the the weird thing about this is like Mbako might actually be the best perimeter shooter on the roster, but like you want him, he's he is a he is a through and through college four. Through and through college four. But part of the reason why he is at Indiana right now instead of Kansas is because Mike Woodson was like, come to Indiana. We will play you at the three. That is why he's there. That is why he is a Hoosier. That is why he is in Bloomington because he was told. Do we not think he can play the three? Where where did this come from? No, watch. Go back and go back and watch the film, especially of him defensively. Like he, they tried to play like this switching man to man one through four. And he, like he got switches wrong. He took the wrong steps. He, he's not. He's not a three defensively yet, and like he it's game is one, player. guys. It's game one, game no, one you're right. against a team that's a lot smaller. And keep in mind, uh, in the Big Ten, they're not as fast as who they're going to play. Yeah, but you no, didn't look, watch the game. No, watch, I'm telling. Go back and watch it. Like it, he's got a long way to go. I don't think that that is the answer there. We'll see. Game one. Maybe, maybe I'll be wrong. So Tio saying that my take is a nine. There you go. Um, no. All right. I, <laughs> no, I, I think there's, there's validity to there, but but it's game one. Florida, whatever, is small, hey, and it's like I if, understand. I understand the apprehension. I, I think he can play the three. If Woody can make the tournament this year, all right. If he finds a way to make the tournament, I know people be like, "Well, come on, they should." They're Indiana. I would consider that to be an accomplishment with this group. I, I think this is going to be a, a a more difficult season than we know. I think when you when you inherit Trace Jackson Davis, so much of what they did was geared around him. This is going to be a process this year with Indiana. Mm-hmm. All right, I got one more Big Ten take for you, and this one might shock you. I think that okay. Michigan point guard Doug McDaniel is one a sneaky All American candidate, and two going to be one of the biggest reasons why this Michigan team is going to shock everybody. I think they're going to be a top 20 team in America. I think they're going to be one of the highest scoring Michigan? teams in America. Yeah, I think they're going to be really good. Like I I I was totally out on them heading into the season, but like Doug McDaniel could play. Like I I was I posted the the a tweet about him today which was just Doug McDaniel and then uh the Shaquille O'Neal meme where he says I'm sorry, I apologize. I was not aware of your game. Like mm. he he had twenty two and eight last night, and granted, it was against UNC Asheville. Who like I love you, Mike Morrell, but that team is not really built to guard. But he he's he's I think he might be different, man. I think Michigan 
the top 20 might be pushing it, but for the sake of like the reaction versus overreaction, I'm going with it. Michigan, top 20 team in America. Doug McDaniel, sneaky All-American candidate. T.O., I, I know I know you got to say what you got to say, man. Rank it 1 to 10. I, I, I don't like this ranking system <laughs> at all. I hate this ranking system. I, five, it's game one. <laughs> it's game one, and this is a Michigan team that shot 46% from three. They're obviously going to look great. You hit half your threes, you're going to look great. Doesn't yeah. matter who you play against. And they and for a team like Asheville that spaces everything out defensively, they can get caught in some bad situations because they're pressuring. So the quickest guy in America, Doug McDaniel, he's going to be able to get past that line of defense quick. They collapse if they hit shots. I hate I hate hot takes right now. I'm I hate so them. I I'm so over your I'm it. so over your rationality, Tio. I'm so over. I'm not big on rationality. <laughs> I'm okay, huge on so- it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with a six to say it's a little bit it's a little hot because it's UNC Asheville, but you're allowed to do a victory lap if on Monday they march into Madison Square Garden and give St. John's a reality check, and Doug McDaniel's the best guard on the floor. Which look if he performs the level that it looks like he's capable of, he could be. But Danish Jan- Rick Pitino's gonna guard, and mm-hmm. he said uh, that game is by the way that is a really interesting game on Monday now. I think in the preseason, we were like, ah, it'll be St. John's first big show. They'll probably coast to a win, and that'll be it. Rick Pitino's facing Phil Martelli in the year of our Lord, 2023, and the teams are Michigan and St. John. I thought they would be beside each other on the beach somewhere retired in Florida. Yeah, all right. Living yeah, the dream on the Jersey this, Shore. Heading down to style. Wildwood. Both of them yeah. are built for Wildwood, by the way. I don't know if you guys yeah. have ever been for Wildwood, but Phil Martelli and, uh, and Rick Pitino are two guys that you could see. No, I mean, here's the thing. I think your take is a six. I think that Doug McDaniel, Michigan is in the perfect role in the Big Ten. They were picked 11th. They've never finished worse than 10th in Big Ten history. And the time they finished 10th was in the 60s, and it was once. They're not finishing all the way back there. They're not, guys. They are in a perfect position. Everybody and their mother has been burying Michigan for the last eight months because they lost Hunter Dickinson. Caleb Love's situation was all screwed up. Caleb Love not going to Michigan might have been the best thing that could happen to Michigan because if Caleb Love's in Michigan, Doug McDaniel's not getting this level of opportunity. That's fair. Well, listen, this has been the DTF podcast. Uh, This has been Rational T.O. I think that's what we're just going to start calling you right now rationality the king of rationality uh no it's been a fun episode um make sure you guys rate review subscribe uh do all the things that make us happy as podcasters and uh hopefully come uh come next week we'll be able to have some more content for you um i'm going to be on the road uh, a lot over the course of the next seven days um we'll be doing a live show from cameron indoor stadium for duke arizona we will be at Mackey arena for xavier purdue and we will be at uh at whatever the 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 arena is in Chicago, I can is it the United Center? The United still? Center. Is it still the United Center? These things change. The house that Jordan built. The house that Jordan built uh, on Tuesday night for the Champions Classic. So hopefully, uh, maybe Wednesday next week you'll get another DTF podcast, and we will have a lot to overreact to. Uh, and hopefully, Tio will be able to get out of his bag a little bit for Terrence Oglesby for. John Fanta, my name is Rob Dawson. This has been the DTF.
I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, right? man. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.